The Buffalo Sabres had a new guy reading the starting lineup in the locker room before the game. Try your best to win and try to get a W and play with your heart. Yeah! On the left wing, number 37, Casey Middlestat. Yeah. On center, number 24, Dylan Cousins. Yeah. On right wing, number 21, Dad. Yeah. All right, so that's Odin Akposo. Doing the uh, doing the intro, I love his little speech there. I also like that when he gets to uh, his to Kyle Akposo and just calls him dad. That's that's super. Cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and what's not not clear is that from the video is that he was actually doing it based on a cue card with just the numbers of the players, not necessarily the names of the players. So he knows these Buffalo Sabers, his dad's team. I think that's pretty cool. Quite impressive. Would have been pretty awkward if uh, his dad wasn't starting that night. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Also, I I question how smooth his talking is there, you know. Um, oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, just, Jesus. Yeah. Like, I bet after a little kid, I huh? Lost that. I wouldn't be surprised they lost that night because they weren't inspired by yeah. the pregame. I mean, either that or because they're not very good. But Well, just that. I figured I had a pretty good shot. Right. You said it twice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, it is super cute. I'm just kidding about the uh, picking on the kid. That was uh, that was a funny thing. I also saw they did a couple other things that, that day or this week with uh, with little kids doing like media coverage and things like that. So uh, good on the Buffalo Sabres. I had a lot of good uh, good content this week, which I really enjoyed as well. Sound of Hockey episode 178. We're calling this one the Tyler Toffoli episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Tyler Toffoli has 178 career penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it? That's it. Okay. That feels yeah. low to me, doesn't it? For a guy has been he, around yeah, a he, plays, he plays kind of on the edge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, he's a yeah, physical he's guy. Played, yeah. yeah. So now how does, how does 178 stack up with like 200 penalty minutes, for example? Some sort of round number? You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, at least he doesn't have a, as they say, a crooked number. That would mean he'd have a lot of fights. Okay. True. That's true. That's uh-huh. true. Sure. Uh, hey, this is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown <laughs> at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined as always by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL to Seattle on the Twitter. And we're coming to you from Seattle, not Bardown Studios tonight. We decided to uh, just stay in our own uh, homes because gas is too expensive these days. Uh, <laughs> we're also going to call this one Russell Wilson Hour because we're planning to just talk about Russell Wilson for the That's next. Right. Uh, yeah. Actually, we we're should probably call down it, the trade. Actually, we should probably call it Russell Wilson Three Hours because we're going to talk about That's that right. for a long, long time. I just don't think yeah. that a single hour or even two hours is enough time for us to talk about. Uh, Russell Wilson's trade and the impact that that has uh, on the Seattle Kraken. So how can we ignore the biggest sports story in the history of Seattle, Washington? That's right. Well, certainly As one of them. Some are calling it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> certainly one of them. Now, you know, I, I feel for those people that are uh, so I'm not a Seahawks fan at all. So uh, it's easy for me to chuckle about it. But I, I totally get it. He's your favorite player for your favorite team. And he brought you a Super Bowl. I get why you're upset that he would be uh, leaving in a lot of your cases. Um, um, what we are going to talk about, though, is Kraken news. Uh, there's plenty of it. But before we get there, we have some reviews to share with you. 
Nice. Our first comes from aging hockey fan uh, who's back yet again. again. Yeah, I yeah, guess he wait. keeps <laughs> updating things. Uh, this one at least is in English, so I don't need to use the translation. Uh, but uh. he says, so I just finally got caught up with Sound of Hockey episodes 174 and 175. Did I mention they're a little long? Okay, so we're still complaining there. Uh, I thought about quibbling about your German to English translation of my comparison of your episode length to Joe Rogan's, but let's just say awards for longest episodic podcast seems unlikely. I'm not sure why trolling Darren Fun Brown about Goalie Gear Corner is so satisfying. Maybe it's a form of Schadenfreude. Okay, that's good. Uh-huh. good little be. use of little use of German there. I appreciate that. Uh-huh. I promise to make fun of the one-timer sound effect next time I comment. Instead, have you ever considered an infrequent recurring segment called uh, Aging Hockey Fan Corner? I know a guy. All right. <laughs> Thank you for popping back in, aging hockey fan, with that five-star review. We appreciate it. Uh, GGGG596, sounds legit ah, there, uh, yeah. says, best hockey podcast. I've been following Sound of Hockey since its inception, and it has since Whoa. become one of my favorite hockey podcasts. I love the banter, especially when you guys go off the rails. Super entertaining, great depth, great depth of knowledge, and not only for the Kraken and the NHL, but ice hockey as a whole. I really like the interviews, too. You guys get the right folks on here with very interesting stories the McCann interview was great and I would love to hear some more interviews with Kraken players well great uh don't change a thing you guys are doing great it seems you really can out pizza the hut with sound of hockey podcast oh that's a five bold stars. statement right there five have we ever gone off the rails from GGGG oh yes we have, many many we, times oh plenty we haven't oh. gone off the rails in a while though no, I figured we just stuck to the topic I think we're we're due for a <laughs> off the rails episode uh and then our latest <laughs> comes from a Sutliff who I think a Sutliff has, well, yeah, A. Sutliff has also definitely uh, reviewed us before. It's been a while since yep. I reviewed, so that's how I know that he's reviewed us before. Uh, it says, since I get tired of hearing Darren whine about not having five-star reviews to read. <laughs> it worked, Darren. It worked. Yeah, I thought I should get Finally. back. Uh-huh. I thought I should get back in here and send a review. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and the Sound of Hockey podcast always takes precedence, followed closely by Soul on Ice and Locked on Kraken. Oh, that's cool. Those are, oh, cool. Uh, we, we know the uh, hosts of both those shows. Good stuff. Uh, love the rapport of Darren, John, and Andy. I wish Andy still had time for more Seattle Thunderbird coverage, though. So it was awesome that the whole team was at the Battle of the Sound. Also have to shout out John for the in-person conversation at a recent Kraken game. I always look oh. forward to an updated Sound of Hockey podcast, and I don't even mind goalie gear corner or minutia go crap weasels so so i gave him a hug oh i gave him a hug oh wow. it was more than a conversation was it a five-star uh, hug it was a five-star hug he's <laughs> been uh, a supporter of the cause for a while and yeah. uh, it was really cool to finally at least interact with him in person yeah and- apparently he was in my row during the skills competition but mm-hmm. oh. but didn't say hi got it and i was i was a little i wasn't mad i was just disappointed yeah it's a bit of a snub (laughs) um for a subtle information i will be doing the color on the thunderbirds uh, tv game this coming friday oh very good against portland so he will so just for his information but nobody else nobody else okay I will for one night be covering the Thunderbirds again. I'll see cool. if we can make that so that only that section gets filtered into <laughs> A. Sutliff's ears and yeah. everything else yeah. goes to everyone you have that else. Technology, Special right? delivery. I think yeah. so, yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you to all three of you for the five-star reviews. Really appreciate it. Uh, please do leave your five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already, and we'll read it on the next show. Uh, no matter what you say in there, as long as it's, well, within reason, as long as you uh, give us the five stars, we will read it. Uh, so even if you say mean things like Darren's whining and whatever, that's fine. Uh, let's do some Seattle Kraken. Was that, was that mean? T- 
talk. Uh, I mean, it wasn't nice. It was it was picking <laughs> on me a little, but I can take it. Right. You know, you put five stars yeah. in front of it. Say whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, okay. Kraken talk. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. So the Kraken, they snapped <laughs> their seven-game losing streak with a home win against the Nashville Predators, which was wonderful. Uh, that was a Great really – A lot of fun. Awesome game, yeah. So much fun. And – it was a reminder yet again, you know, and I've, we've talked a bunch of times about how I secretly or not so secretly want the Kraken to continue losing organically, right? Because that improves their chances <laughs> at a top pick in the draft. Uh, but, man, seeing them lose every every game when they do finally get a victory, it's like, oh, that's so much better. I mean, it, just everything about it is so much better. The the experience in the building, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere, the reactions, the fish tosses, it's just everything is just so much better when they when they do get a victory. And I sure can't wait for the day when they start to win consistently, because that is going to be uh, it's going to be phenomenal. And I, I hope that by that time, I hope they do it quickly enough that, uh, you know, the excitement is still there. And I, I think it will be. But um, yeah, just anyway, that was a great night. They won four to three. Colin Blackwell and Yanni Gord were kind of the heroes that night. They each had a goal and assist. Blackwell got the game winner, uh, which was against one of his old teams. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then, John, you were the Starbucks community star that night. I am I was surprised to see this because, uh, frankly, I don't know what you've done um, for the community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird. I don't know either. I don't uh, either. Anyway, yeah. congratulations. That was that was so cool to Very see that. Cool. And uh, I actually did secretly know that it was coming. So I um, was able to get a video of you up on the on the Jumbotron and uh, say congratulations via Twitter. So um, but that was that was awesome. Congratulations. It was it was pretty incredible. And theoretically, I was there to represent the fans or that's, accepting it on behalf of the fans. That's um, a good point. Yep. This organization is so amazing. You know, like they don't need me. They could have, you know, I could have faded as soon as they got that arena deal and uh, which would have been fine. Um, but it's pretty incredible that, you know, they still uh, keep me involved and keep me in the loop on things and and are just treat me so well. And something to be said about that. You know, it's not just me. They treat a lot of people really well in the community. And, it, and it's just a, another kind of positive signal from them that it's just incredible and we're so lucky to have this organization and i've said it on this before that there's been other ownership groups before this group actually put the plan together yeah. we are so lucky to have this one yeah. we are so lucky to have this one i'm you know i mean that practice facility doesn't get built with any other of the ownership groups and they just don't do it the way this organization is doing it we should we are so lucky granted you know we wish there was a, a more competitive team on the ice but that'll come and um we should be very proud of what they've put in year one so that's just my little side note about them okay uh i i have a uh well, first of all uh what john was just saying about the other owners i was in tequila on friday for a <laughs> seawolves game and it just struck me as I was down there, like, man, there was there was one time when somebody wanted to build a hockey arena here, and I thought, man, like, I don't think that would have worked the same. Yeah, way. I would have supported it, but I was like, <laughs> oh yeah. It yeah. just struck me. I hadn't been down there in a while, and I was like, oh, it'd been like right here is where it would have been, and <laughs> it was yeah. just be awful and the traffic. And um, the other thing too is, I since I did not know that this was coming on that game, I was in the bathroom when it happened. <laughs> Great. Um, thanks, thanks, Andy, I, for your but I, could, I could hear it. I heard it because you could hear the PA in the bathroom. So I got to hear it. And thankfully, there were plenty of videos that got put up. So I didn't, I didn't miss it. <laughs> yeah. I got to see it. <laughs> it's, on, it's on their YouTube channel, which is. Yeah, I felt bad, mind. but I really yeah. had to go, man. I really had to go. And I was yeah. up there before they started it. So it wasn't like I, I heard, oh, John Barr, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> 
I also from that game want to give a quick shout out to Mama Sasha on uh, Twitter. Yeah. She was on the jumbotron holding a sign that said "Hockey Tonight, Chemo Tomorrow," and she got a huge ovation from the crowd, which I thought was so cool. Um, and so I I put a picture of that on on Twitter and said, "Hey, shout out to um, this fan who says uh, who has a they're they're going for chemo tomorrow." And um, she actually responded and said, "That's me. Thanks so much." So um, just thought we should give a shout out to her and. Uh, so you got this, uh, no, yeah, no yeah. problem. So, um, and then one other thing that night they, they did the Ukrainian national anthem, uh, oh. which was an incredible moment, absolute mm-hmm. goosebump kind of a thing. Uh, there's been a few of those certainly this season, but, uh, that was one of those. So that was a interesting, interesting night. That whole game from just the way it played out and the three goals in two and a half minutes, whatever they scored in the second period and just all that extra stuff. It was just almost like a perfect production just from everything. I mean, the, the anthem went perfectly, uh, you know, John's thing. Like, it, it was, there was a lot going on in that one, yeah, you know, meaningless yeah. uh, regular season game. And it was a cracking day, right? So it just had that, just, I think there was like an extra just buzz in the crowd. Yeah, because a, everything went so well. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It's fun when you win. Uh, yes. And then the crack and go on the road and they've lost three in a row. So, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when they won that game against Nashville? That was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. It's what keeps me coming back. Uh, so <laughs> Mark Giordano played game number 1000 against the Capitals, but they came up very short that night. Five to two was the final. Well, they're in the game. I mean, that's the thing is all three of these games, just like almost every game this season, mm-hmm. they've been right in it. They could have won it. You know, Carolina came right down to the wire. Martin Natchez scored on like a weird spinning shot. That was the game winner kind of late in the game. So they're in these games, you know, and then tonight in Toronto, uh, we're recording on Tuesday night. We're after this Toronto game, and uh, I, uh, this one hurt for me. I got to say, for some reason, this game against the Leafs ended, and I was just like, oh, I am feeling it right now as a as a Kraken supporter. Like this is this is a painful moment for me, and I don't know what it was. I think it was just like. They had the lead against a really good team. Uh, we heard about, I mean, we hear all about the Leafs all the time, right? And how great they are. Mm-hmm. They played them a few weeks ago and got just dominated at Client Pledge Arena. Six to two was the final in that one. Um, and so to see them come out tonight and have the game kind of in their grasp late in the game uh, after battling back from a two goal deficit, I was like, all right. This is going to be awesome. They're going to get the win tonight. We're going to get that feeling like we got after Nashville. Uh, and that just did not ultimately happen because there's just too much offensive skill. And when you think about it, right, Austin Matthews has three goals tonight. And the other three goals come from John Tavares, Willie Nylander, and Mitch Marner, right? It's like those are four, four superstar players. You're like, huh, <laughs> if only the Kraken had four superstar players that could score, right? Yeah, or even two superstar players, I guess. But um, anyway. Tough, tough loss. And I think what added to it, too, is we're going to talk about it in, in a moment, the Jared McCann extension. But we were on they did a Zoom press conference uh, this morning to talk to McCann about his contract. And we talked to Ron Francis a little bit and to Dave Hackstall all about it. And Toronto media got in the room and they asked all these questions to Jared <laughs> McCann about Michael Bunting. Uh-huh. And it's like, all right, I get it. It's an open press conference. You can kind of ask whatever you want in these things. And you're the home media with a visiting team. But like, there's a significant thing that happened for Jared McCann here in the last. Right. And they came in and asked a bunch of questions about the Leafs. And you're just like, get out of here. Like, just go away. So I was already just like feeling kind of pissy. I think about the (laughs) Leafs. Um, And then I was kind of hoping that they'd they'd knock him off, but it didn't happen. 
what I started laughing to myself because when the Hacksaw came out after McCann, mm-hmm. and of course Hacksaw was an assistant for the last two seasons, so they yeah. had to get into that. And they literally asked him about Austin Matthews and how good he is. And I thought, this is literally the joke. How does this affect the Leafs? And then yeah. Austin Matthews, we're watching that joke live itself out right here in front of us on Zoom. Ugh. It was pretty annoying. It was. Uh, and it was a tough game. I mean, I I was, um, yeah, it was a tough game. It's been a tough road trip. It's been a tough stretch. I mean, they've lost 10 out of their last 11 games now, <sighs> even though that was broken up with a, a win against Nashville. So you're like, okay, losing streak is over, but we're still, I mean, when you think about it, right, like 10 out of 11, that's a that's a miserable stretch. That's rough. Well, and the penalty kill is falling apart. They've given up seven power play goals in their last 11 power play attempts mm-hmm. that was, it was a high point going into this, the road trip that penalty kill had been kind of, had kind of resurged itself. Um, one positive out of tonight. Cause I like to point out a positive, even though Hacksaw okay. after the game said that, you know, we're not looking at positives right now. Yep. Yeah. He um, was pretty they, down on the effort tonight, yeah, which I thought was, yeah, and yep. comically, I mean, they actually scored for the first time. Like they scored yeah, four they scored goals, goals for the first time in ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I've lately been thinking that their games are a race to three. Whoever scores that third goal usually first wins, but, uh, that wasn't the case. Not tonight, no. Um, <laughs> so I was excited. They scored three goals. I'm like, hey, they scored three goals. Actually, uh, I scored four. Actually, it was still technically Toronto true because yes, Toronto, Toronto got the third, the third goal, goal first. Yeah, three, one, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. but uh, they have found something in Yanni Gordon, Colin Blackwell. Yeah, those two together have been really. They've been the, the bright spot on this on this road trip. They were great against Nashville. Um, tonight, like just looking at their numbers tonight, they played the th- with Mason Appleton. The three played over nine minutes together. Uh, they had a Corsi four seventy one percent, which is by far the best on the team. The rest of the team kind of got their teeth kicked in. Yeah. Um. So they had a really good night again tonight. They've been they've been good in all these games. So, uh, something to something to keep an eye on there going forward until they trade Colin Blackwell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was wondering uh, where you're going. With it's this. a positive. Yeah. yeah. For now. Okay. <laughs> Okay. It's helping Colin Blackwell's, Blackwell's uh, stock. Uh, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stock, so you know, I, we were goals. Colin Blackwell. Yeah. Killing penalties. We were commenting <laughs> on this a little bit and uh, just trying to look into because the trade deadline is right around the corner. That's on March 21st. So that's that's here before we know it. And we we're trying to figure out like what some of the returns are going to be for some of these players that are up for it, right? And especially we talked about this like weeks and weeks, maybe even months ago. What we thought Giordano could fetch as a rental, right? And I remember saying that I thought it wouldn't be totally out of the question that Giordano brings a first round pick because whoever trades for him is going to be a t- contending team. So it'll be kind of a late first round pick anyway. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's not that ridiculous, right? And the three of us, uh, plus Curtis, our, our new contributor at Sound of Hockey, shout out Curtis, who's been doing an awesome uh, series about the schemes that the Kraken run. We were all kind of commenting on on what some of the values have been these last year or two. And I did think it was interesting. I mean, Mike Riley, I think last season uh, had an expiring contract and he brought a third round pick. So you got to think like Giordano is worth way more than Mike Riley. And so I do believe there's a chance they get a first round pick for him. Maybe maybe it's a second and a prospect or something like that. I think there's that kind of value there. And similar with like a Cali Yarncrock, right? I mean, Yarncrock's been so good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to think that there's there's some valuable pieces there coming back, especially on the expiring contracts. I also do wonder, though, I mean, guys like Blackwell, right? Blackwell's on an expiring contract, but he's been really good for the Kraken. Like, do they yeah. see him? Do they see him as part of that core? Do they want to bring him back? What about Yarncrock, you know? Um, and I wrote about Yarncrock, too, recently because it's it's tough. I mean, I like these players. I think they've both had good seasons. I think that they they deserve to stay. I mean, 
but do they want to? I don't know. It's it's just uh, it's a tough situation when you have expiring contracts. But um, yeah, I, I wanted to see what you well, guys' thoughts were as as this is yeah. coming up. I I don't think Giordano's getting a first. I I just don't see that happening. I I do think this is a little bit of a hot take, uh, but I think Yarncroc will will get more return than Giordano right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, particularly because there's a, a apparently a lot of defensemen on the market. Um, yeah. And so that that basically uh, lowers Giordano's value because it's not as uh, rare, if you will. Uh, I also think there's a roster situation that they might face next year, and we're going to get into this in a bit with um, the Ron Francis interview uh, or presser earlier this week. The the one thing is they need some space, so I'm anticipating maybe a couple of the players under contract for next mm-hmm. year could also be on the move mm-hmm. um, for the right price. I mean, they 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 still just need draft picks, right? They really don't have. Well, it's obvious. It's their their pool of prospects is very shallow right now. Um, they have some a couple good ones, but they need depth too, and they just don't have it. And so, you know, it could be a, a Mason Appleton, or you know, I've seen. Jonas Donskoy listed as a potential trade, but I don't know what kind of market there is for him right now. You know, he's ironically <laughs> hey, he just, starting to he play scored. better. Yeah. He scored his second goal of the season on this <laughs> yeah, road trip. Yeah, he's starting to play better, though. I mean, he's, you know, he has these moments, but... Yeah. Um, well, and he's played well in other areas. Like, he's, he's been great on the PK up yeah. until the last three nights. But, so, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't see, I don't see them really signing, like, Blackwell, like, re-signing Blackwell to an extension because they don't really have space for them and now it, it sounds weird because you know they don't have a lot of depth on the team but <laughs> but if if they do as they say meaning kind of going big in free agency this summer they need some spots to open up roster yep. spots so yeah. anyway, that's my take andy what are your thoughts i i totally agree with that and i just wanted to clarify before andy gives his take that when you say space, you don't mean cap space. They have plenty of cap space, but no, they don't really yeah, have yeah. roster space because they have right. all these guys who require waivers to go to the AHL. Right. And so that's what keeps happening, right? They keep having to put guys on waivers, and we're going to comment on that in a moment too. But, um, you know, and, and every team has to go through that. But, like, you need some young players that you can call up and send down, like Cole Lind, right, who actually played really well against Nashville and then got sent down the following day because guys were coming back from injury. So mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I think the three of us th- expect him to be with the Kraken next year. Right? I yeah. think so. I'd love. He's to. having a great, a great season in the AHL. Mm-hmm. So he's AHL. definitely projected to be on the roster next year. So that means somebody else needs to leave, and you know, you have yeah. Baneers coming, and who knows what happens Shane in right. The, the, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if it's Shane Wright, then you know that's three guys that you need yeah. roster spots for. In theory, um, but you also want some competition for the young guys too, right? Like you can't just assume that Cole Lind is a is a right in. And I will say though, no. that game against Nashville, he looked really good. Like he was very noticeable. He actually led the team in shots on goal that night. He had a six. great scoring chance too, right in front. Yeah, so um, that was cool to see because that was I think we've seen flashes of his abilities and his skill the times he's been up but never for for a full game it's just like he kind of disappears and then you'll see him for like a minute you're like okay this game he was kind of everywhere on the ice so it's it's a good good step he will require waivers next year right I mean which he did this year but you know nobody picked him up so that that's my point is why I expect yeah sure competition's great but you don't want to lose them yeah right yeah that's true (laughs) no 
for nothing. Um, well, what John kind of hit on what intrigues me the most. I mean, we've all kind of expected the the expiring contracts to be on the market, right? And we, I think we expect Giordano to be moved and probably Yarncrook and, and maybe even Blackwell. But it's those other guys, you know, they're fielding offers. Ron Francis pretty much said everybody's on the market. So what, what you know, so those guys like, uh, like, like John mentioned, you know, with that still have contracts could be in the mix. A guy like Hayden Fleury, who's not happy with his playing time could be in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard some rumors about Chris Drieger getting some interest. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious at what they do beyond those obvious expiring contracts that we've kind of yeah. already assumed are going to be gone. And John's right that there has to be, there has to be a roster shuffle. Uh huh. The Drieger one is interesting too because they have two like pro goalies on pretty big contracts or two NHL goalies, I should say, and then they have Joey Decord. Joey Decord is currently doesn't require waivers, but I think he will next year. So yeah, he will. Yeah. So that means you now have essentially a, a third goalie who you absolutely well you absolutely have to expose him at some point if you're you know you can't carry three goalies so you have to expose him yeah um so i don't know i yeah it's a there's some decisions that have to be made there's no question about it and um we've written about that quite a bit on soundofhockey.com too so um check those things out but um if, if they get an intriguing offer for Drieger, they they before they make it they have to feel comfortable that the court can be the backup next that's right year. yep that's um, absolutely right. if you, i mean he's playing well and from what we've seen in uh, Charlotte, you know, he was trading starts with Spencer Knight of all people down there, you know, and, but, but at the NHL level, I mean, he's had some starts, but they haven't really gone well, maybe not all his fault, but I think the book's still out on that, whether or not they can trust him as a backup next year, but that's a decision they'll have to make if they get something they think is worth moving Drieger for. Yeah. But we love Joey, just to be clear. We, we love also do yeah. but we love yeah. we love Drieger too. Drieger's a good guy too. <laughs> That's right. Big fan of both those guys. Um, yeah, lots of interesting decisions coming up. I think it'll be you know it's hard to see guys leave, but um, also I think that it, we need to accept here that like this team is clearly not good enough, and they need to make a lot yeah. of changes. So yeah. Um, yeah, that brings us to our transactions that we had this week. So uh, obviously we mentioned that. Colin got sent down already. Uh, and then Austin Zarnick, who just got claimed from the New York Islanders a couple weeks ago, was put back on waivers, claimed again by the New York Islanders. Uh, and that <laughs> happened. Those two moves happened because McCann and Schwartz were both coming back from injury at the same time that happened in that that game against uh, Washington. There's a lot happen- happening before that game. We had Giordano's <laughs> game 1000, Schwartz and McCann both came back for that one. So yeah, there was kind of a lot there. Uh, and then obviously the biggest crack of news of the last week, which we're, we're finally really getting to now, is Jared McCann re-signing for five years, $5 million per. Uh, so really showing that he is clearly seen as a part of the core. I don't think that's a surprise for anybody. Uh, it just also was a reminder, like we saw all these people on Twitter being like, oh my God, they have to re-sign McCann. It was like, yeah, they're gonna. Like yeah. every time that that came up with us, we were RFA. like, they're gonna, they're gonna resign him. He wants to be here. He's an RFA. He can only resign here or like go play. I don't know. Some other league, I guess, is the only other real option. In the KHL. Oh, yeah. no. You can't In the KHL. Uh, Great. You can't play there anymore, can you? Great situation these days. He can. He can. I thought they shut that off. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. No, there's, there's Americans still playing over there. Uh, okay. It's like breathing without a tic tac. You can do it, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I mean, I, we knew it was coming. I think, and comically, we were we were talking about this on our Slack conversation the other day. What did we think it was going to be? How, what was this deal going to be? And I said four years at five million. So that was a pretty good, pretty good guess. I was proud of myself when five years at five million came out. Well, the estimates, everything I read on the estimates were between four point five and five point five, and the terms being four or five. Mm-hmm. And so that was like 
pretty much right in the middle there. Fair signing for our top scorer, so yeah. pretty important. But like Andy said, he was a restricted free agent uh, pending this summer, yeah. and those guys are pretty much locks to resign yeah. unless there's an offer sheet. But that's a uh, that's a different issue. Yeah. Um, or if the team really doesn't want that person, they could just let him walk. Yeah, but. which which might happen. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, it, it's it, I think the signal is the the fact that it's five years and not three or four mm-hmm. is a good signal that he enjoys playing here and you guys have talked about it and talked with him before about it Uh you know all the players are going to say that oh yeah we love playing here we love playing here no matter where they're at but um you know there's something mccann seemed sincere about it and then this kind of validates it too signing five years and that was that was the message in his press conference this morning it was about no it's it's i enjoy it you know i want to be here and and you know, it, it's a, a future that he wants to start here in Seattle. So very cool. Yeah. Well, and John, when we talked to him last week on the podcast, even right, like he kind of said, like, I want to be here long term, which yeah. <laughs> we didn't really you ask him. Yeah. Right. I mean, but think about that. Right. <laughs> like, why would you have said something like that unless he knew that that it was on the rails that he was going to um, sign sign for a longer term? But yeah, to your I mean, there have been those instances, right, where a guy signs a, a two year deal out of his um, yep. RFA situation and it's a bridge deal to try to bet on himself for uh, a much bigger payday. And he kind of gave up some of those years. So um, it is a, an indication that he's very happy here. He really likes playing for the Kraken. He loves the opportunity he's getting um, and the Kraken believe in him too as a core piece. So uh, I think it's a great signing, very fair deal for, for both sides. That's what I liked. I thought it wasn't too much. I thought 5 million was fair and I thought it was, it's going to age well. A lot of times these, these contracts don't age very well. You know, like you sign a guy, an older guy for six, seven years in those last three or four years, yeah. he's old and not productive and you're paying him, mm-hmm. overpaying him. I think in five years, I mean, what will McCann be 30, 31? I mean, that's, yeah. there's still production there, and, and he's not going to be overpaid. He'll be probably might be underpaid if he really performs. You never know. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't hinder Ron Francis from doing anything he wants to do this summer, which is which was which I think is key. Yes, I thought there was there was a funny funny question in his press conference this morning that said, "Oh, well, what does you know signing long term and this big money deal do for you?" And he he's like like on on and off the ice and and he starts to like giggle and laugh and he's like well i've rented everywhere i've gone to date so that might change things a bit so <laughs> sounds like he's looking to buy a house so yeah, if you remember when he came back yeah. from covid he talked about his a thousand square foot apartment that he and his girlfriend <laughs> are living in so i'm guessing he's gonna have a few a little bit more square footage here pretty soon yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know, I mean Seattle real estate is pretty expensive. Uh, but hey, that was a great segue into our uh, conversation about the Ron Francis presser, which I think we kind of commented on. He uh, sort of it was sort of a surprise. He came out after practice last week uh, and just decided that he wanted to talk to the press. So uh, he said quite a bit, uh, and like we asked him a lot of questions in this thing. He talked about free agency. The Kraken signed uh, an overage player from the OHL uh-huh. named Car- Ty Cartier, who had been in camp this past year. So that was kind of cool uh, out of the Sioux Greyhounds. And then, um, you know, I think the main thing that we got from it was the fact that he said they really want to be aggressive in free agency. And so that kind of got our wheels turning about, you know, who, who are they going to bring in? And 
uh, it's tough because they obviously need some scoring, in my opinion. They need a couple. Yep. Uh, we talked about this a lot. Like, I think they're two star players away right now. Maybe one of those star players ends up being one of the young players, like Matty Beniers or something. I think he's several years away from being a star player, so it's hard to bank on that. Um, but, like, what is the actual likelihood that they land one of the top free agents out there, like a Philippe Forsberg or a Tomas Hertel or a, a Johnny Goudreau or, you know, like what is the yeah. likelihood of landing one of those, let alone two? I think it's highly unlikely that they land two of them. So, um, but that's what I think the the actual linchpin is like if, if they can get two guys, that are actually impactful can play towards the top of the forward lineup. That's how I think mm-hmm. they move the needle um, without doing that. I don't know, but um, nonetheless, I thought it was really interesting to hear him actively say without, um, you know, too much pride in like, yeah, we're going to be aggressive in free agency. We're going for guys. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I wonder, I wonder if that's signal to, to the free agents, Could be. you know, like, Hey, don't leave money on the table. Cause we got <laughs> it, you know, and cause no state income tax, yeah, pro players yeah. love that. But but if team, if, you know, like Thomas Hurdle could re-sign with the Sharks before mm-hmm. reaching free agency. But if he knows, like, oh, you know, Seattle wants to spend a lot of money, right? Yeah. So maybe and they maybe he he reconsiders and and waits to talk to Seattle at free agency. I mean, who knows? But that's a good sign. You know, they need. I I'll be happy with at least one of the. You know, there's like five or six really big time free agents out there i'd be i'd be stoked with either with one of them uh but that will be an overpay because those guys demand a seven Mm -hmm. usually a seven-year term Mm -hmm. and those don't age well right at this point in their careers uh, reaching free agency at this age so it's it's okay because you really pay for their production in the first four years but it will be it, those contracts won't age well, but it's it's okay. It's part of the business. Yeah, and well, but then it makes you think too. Like, all right, if you sign two guys on massive contracts, right? Then yeah. Now, yeah. if we have a Matty Beneers coming in, who we're going to burn the first year of his deal this season, most likely, and then you probably have uh, top two or three pick uh, coming in who's going to need to be re-upped. You know, either the following year yeah. or the same year or whatever. All of a sudden, you're looking at like, all right, we might be in a bit of a salary cap bind pretty quickly if they sign two <laughs> big free agents. So, um, yeah. Anyway, it's a lot to think about, but uh, I, I think I think Lots it's exciting. Of parts. I think yeah. it's exciting. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, I'm excited to see what the Kraken are going to look like next season. Do you think they could still move the needle if they sign one of those big free agents, like one of those top guys, and then maybe a second or third tier guy that's still an improvement over their current top six forwards? Uh, maybe. I think that's probably more likely. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think if you I, can get, I, it doesn't yeah. get you the big jump, but it gives you a jump, I think. If you can get another guy that's like uh, in a Burakovsky type of area, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where you can score. But even like Burakovsky, we were looking at him earlier today. He's got he scored 20 or 19, 18 goals like the last three years in Colorado. But when he was in Washington, he was scoring like 12s, you know. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, how much of his production is a is a factor the team he's playing, playing on, in Colorado? Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. And even like Nazem Kadri is going to be one of the big free agents this year. But he's having this huge outbreak or breakout year. And, and that's I mean, how much of that is just because he plays in Colorado, you know. So yeah, well, and, yeah. and he's I somebody I would avoid because I think yes. he's 31 right now. Right. Yes. 
I, but, I don't want any part of Nazem Kadri. My yeah. <laughs> my point, I think, is that like maybe they help move the needle, but it's not like instantaneous yeah. overnight. Now you're now you're Stanley a contender. Final. Yeah. So, but if you mix those guy a guy like that with a top guy, and then you have these draft picks, maybe two or three years, mm-hmm. you could you could be looking at something pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious to see. Like, I, I agree to be like. I mean, for us just to sit here and say, "Oh, they're going to get all the top free agents," is not realistic <laughs> at all. Yeah, you know, this isn't this isn't fantasy yeah. hockey. But yeah, <laughs> um, totally. if you get a big one and then maybe a second tier guy, I think you can yeah. still make a lot of headway. Yeah, for Fair me, point. The, well, I asked Francis because because I'm a, I always like the draft. I asked him if he thought there were guys at the top of the draft that could go right into the NHL year one. And he said he did think there were some guys there. He didn't say who, obviously. But I found that interesting because I asked him that last year before the draft, and he didn't answer the question. He deflected to something else. Now, that could have been for a lot of reasons. One, last year was such a mystery with COVID, and, and maybe he already knew they were going to take Beneers, and Beneers was going to go back to college. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, or, or Power. I mean, even if they had uh, Owen <laughs> they, Power. They right? all like, went back. Yeah. 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 So. He may have already kind of had a heads up from agents or whatever that that's kind of the way those guys were leaning. So, mm-hmm. um, But that's interesting to me that he feels – I mean, he, he, he indicated more than one. So we're not just talking Shane Wright. We're talking some of those second, third round picks. So – that that was exciting to me just because, you know, I like the draft and it's kind of fun to project like, oh, what would Logan Cooley look like in a Kraken jersey right. next season? Yeah. Um, uh, and by the way, I, I do want to play our little game that we used to play. It's been a long <laughs> time since we've been able to do this uh, because we haven't had any Ron Francis press conferences. But uh, we, we used to joke a lot about how Ron Francis would say a lot but not really tell you anything because he'd be like, well, maybe we could do this or that, but also – this could be the option, right? And he's kind of talks through all the options, yep. uh, gives you all the information, all the possible outcomes, but he doesn't give like a real opinion, which I think is just masterful work. But uh, Andy, yeah. would you mind leading this? And I think you've picked sure. out a few uh, passages yeah, here I, for us. I pulled a few out of, of the press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things he said was, uh, he said, I mean, obviously the way the season has gone, we're not going to make the playoffs. So I think at this point, you look at your team, and there's pieces you want to keep that you believe are core pieces. And then if teams are calling on other pieces, you have to have those discussions and see what the offers are. And if there's a move that makes sense, you go ahead and do it. See? So, so your yes, options are trade people. Amazing. No, they're not going to trade people. Yeah, you, can trade, <laughs> you can trade people that have expiring contracts. That's, that's a route you could take. Another route you or, could take is you could trade people that don't have expiring contracts. So that really depends on the offer. Mm-hmm. And But so, if they offer something... Then you might consider <laughs> what's being offered. Right, he, he was also asked if they're targeting <laughs> prospects over draft picks in these trades. Uh-huh. And he says, I think you have to be open for anybody. But, you know, I think you <laughs> identify the guys that you want to be part of your co- your your core moving forward and what it's going to take. <laughs> a significant piece of change. It'll take a significant piece of change that direction. But I think uh, with any team, you look at your team and everybody uses uh, the old excuse that if Gretzky can trade it, anybody can get traded. <laughs> So I think that's something that you're constantly looking at. And if something makes sense that makes your organization better, you know, short term or long term, oh, you have to gosh. consider all options. It's brilliant. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know where we even figured that out, that like that's what <laughs> that's what the answer is. But once we did, now it's the, the only thing that I can hear in all those conversations, which is great. Uh, to be fair, though, in this conversation, he did actually like he broke the news of Ty Cartier signing with yep. with the team. Um, I mean, he, he shared some real things here. You know, he said we're going to be a- uh, active in free agency that's a that's a straight up thing like that's a this yeah. is our plan is we're going to be he aggressive also, in free agency so that was interesting he also, he also used some pretty strong language about the idea of them being a third-party broker in a three-team deal which may or may not actually you know you know bring in anything but where they could they could help out two teams who are trying to make a trade take on some salary for the, the, the term rest is of the laundering season. the yeah, laundering that's yeah, right laundering. yeah that's right um 
he used the phrase open for that. I thought the GMs know we're open for business on that. And I thought, well, that's pretty strong language from Ron Francis. Like to say mm-hmm. something like we're open for business. That kind of took me back a little bit. Yeah, uh, I do enjoy playing translating Ron Francis. It's been way too long since we've been able to play that. <laughs> uh, before we move on from our Kraken news, we got to give a, a big, big shout out to our good friend, Allison Lucan, who has been amazing on the call doing color commentary in uh, the place of JT Brown, who's been out with COVID. Uh, She's been, she's been awesome. I've had so much fun listening to her. She brings such a different element. And I mean, it's not like, you know, she just sounds like such a natural and I don't think she's ever done this before. So she hasn't done any TV before the season, not even the studio stuff. So she's like a natural at it. She just crushes. She just crushes everything she does. She's, you know, it's what's also awesome. I think is, it's her voice. She's not trying to do, you know, JT Brown. No. Yeah. She is doing her voice, her messages, and true to her brand. Um, and and that's what we want to hear, and that's what we get excited about too. Um, and I think that the chemistry is really good with them, those yeah. with John and and Allison. I think I think they work pretty well. Now I'm kind of like I like JT too, so I'm not saying mm-hmm. I don't want JT, but. I'd like to see Allison mixed in every once in a while. So maybe who knows, like there's a three person crew. Yeah. Or just kind of a rotating crew, right? Yeah. Sometimes you'll get uh JT. Sometimes you'll get Allison and I, it's pretty impressive. I, I, I've been very happy and ecstatic with, with her kind of intermission coverage and her mm-hmm. written coverage. Uh, it's been great, but this was like a whole nother level too. Yeah. I, well, I did. I, I was wondering if you guys thought this as well, but I wanted her to say more, and I think that's more my bias of wanting to hear what she has to say a little bit more frequently. Mm-hmm. Not that she wasn't saying kind of normal color commentary or the cadence wasn't the same. I just felt like I'd like to hear more because I'm always interested in what she has to say there. So anyway, what? did you guys, by the way, did you guys hear the Too Many Men in Carolina yes. reference? Yeah. Do you know funny. what that yes. was a reference to? Yeah, podcast got it. that she had. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, cool. Because it was so, it felt like so insider baseball kind mm-hmm. of comment that I'm like, nobody's going to know that. Like, that seems pretty niche. And, and probably first thing good, I thought of. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess we're kind of avid fans of hers, I guess, if you will. So. Well, and for those that don't know, she, she I don't think, is that podcast still going? I don't she, think so. She I had checked, a podcast yeah. called Too Many Men. It was her and two other women who covered the NHL. One of them um, is Sarah Sivian, who yeah, covers the Carolinas. Yeah. Carolina. Carolina. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I just called and them the Carolinas, but the Carolina Hurricanes is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I think is unique, and I don't know this, but I wonder how many other NHL broadcasts have an analytics person like doing color commentary. I think it's a whole new perspective. I think it was fresh, and uh, she obviously – that's her, you know, her, her big strong point is being able to talk analytics in a way that even if you're not a big analytics person, you can understand what she's saying and what she means. And I love the interaction between her and John about that. Like, yeah, he, jo- he joked it, but he wondered out loud about uh, if there's too many men penalties more frequent in the second period because of the long change. And, you know, Allison, here's a question like that. She went up and looked at it, looked it up and the next broadcast said, yeah, turns out, yes, there are more <laughs> too many men penalties in the second period. <laughs> so, I mean, stuff like that is great. I think it's unique and it's, it's, it's a whole fresh new way to cover a game. And I love it. Yep. Yeah. Who knows? It might be, uh, might kick off something new. And then, yeah, go. I'm so. curious if there's any other broadcast, you know, leading into analytics like that on the broadcast as much. I, I can't think of any. I, and I watch it. a lot. Yeah, so. I haven't seen it either. So, but I don't, I just don't know for sure, but. 
Well, it, you know, it, was great. it made me think too. And John, you're talking about like, oh man, she did such a great job, but also I really like the job that JT Brown does. So like, I don't want him to go away by any means. Right. It, it made me think a little bit about when Everett filled in for John Forsland. And I was like, wow, I really loved how Everett and JT Brown worked together on the TV, <laughs> uh, on the TV broadcast. But then I was like, but I also really love John Forsland. So we need everyone to come back. But yeah, it's just it's cool to see these folks that are so talented just slot right in and do an incredible job. So um, congratulations to Allison. I, I thought that was really cool to hear that. So, yeah, that's all. I, I think I think what it says is that unlike the roster, the broadcast team has incredible depth. <laughs> oh, wow, zinger. All right. Let's leave it on that. That's that's the last yeah, of our Kraken right. yeah. coverage for uh, for today. And well, I think that's our actual last crack in coverage we'll see uh we now move on to our segments our first segment is everyone's favorite segment bad boys what? you don't see that every day oh i like that one too. <laughs> <laughs> that trick you guys yeah all right uh, no because i have the show notes in front of me but it also involves Thanks. a goalie so right uh so you don't uh, see so that every day of... yeah it's it's actually sort of a tweet of the week within a you don't see that every day but the puck was like slowing down in the corner and you know there's the, the no touch area for the goalie so vasilevsky goes out and it's it's very slowly trickling into the trapezoid but it's not quite getting there and he starts sweeping his stick on the ice like he's a curler <laughs> <laughs> to try to get the puck to go a little faster to get over the line uh, so he can touch it. Awesome. And what I just am like, first of all, he's obviously joking here, right? But like, this is the middle of an NHL game. And yeah. you're yeah. like, oh, maybe I'll just go sweep my stick and see if that, like, what a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious thing for him to do. Um, I think it and says a I lot about it. his confidence <laughs> in what he's doing. Like, he just goof around <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, like that you can go out and just like make a stupid little joke that yep. people may or may not recognize, but to you it might be kind of funny, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you don't see that every day. We now move on to our weekly one-timers. Our first weekly one-timer. The Washington Capitals will be playing the Carolina Hurricanes in the 2023 Stadium Series game. I think we knew that Carolina was going to have it because we knew where it was going to be hosted before. We didn't yep. know that the Capitals were going to be the uh, the opponent. Is that correct? That's right. Great. And there's a Heritage Classic, by the way, just mm-hmm. FYI, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, coming up right. quick. Yeah. Those games yeah. do always kind of sneak up on me now. Like, I always know when the Winter Classic is coming because they do it around New mm-hmm. Year's. But the Stadium Series games just kind of happen. And, like, actually, the Nashville-Tampa Bay game, like, just happened. I don't even think we commented on it, did we? I didn't see it because it was during the – I think the Kraken were playing that same day. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Home. They sneak up. Uh, that's that one. Our next weekly one-timer. Whoosh. Nick Schmaltz had a seven-point game this week, and I guess that's pretty good. I'm not sure why we didn't make him a, a three-star, but uh, John, you seemed pretty excited to talk about Nick Schmaltz this evening. Yeah, yeah, he uh, in uh, the Coyotes scored eight goals in that game, and it was a, a franchise record for most points in a game, and that's with the previous rendition of the Winnipeg Jets uh, and the at one time Phoenix Coyotes and now the Arizona Coyotes. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool. And then he followed it up with four points in his next game, <laughs> two goals and two assists. So something's going on with Nick Schmaltz right now. So pretty cool. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, and But so why didn't you make him a three-star? Uh, because I thought it was significant enough to make him a weekly one-timer. So are you and saying... And I want to talk about somebody else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was another player who shone brightly. Yeah, so that's the real reason. But I guess, are you indicating then that a 
weekly one-timer that references how great you've played in a week is actually better than being one of our three stars? No, and I'm not saying it isn't either. I am okay. saying <laughs> the stars of the stars of the week, uh-huh. Sound of Hockey stars of the week, is whatever we want to do. Sure, I agree. Like it's not about stats, best player, anything like that. It's yeah, a cool moment that Something we want to talk about, and yep. so there, I'm sticking to it. Nick Schmaltz. We got him recognition in the in the weekly one timers. All right, I have no I have no problem with Nick Schmaltz being a weekly one timer. Mm-hmm. Okay, our next, franchise high. Our next weekly one timer. The CHL is banning players from Russia and Belarus from the import draft. This is obviously just a continuation of what's happening with everything with Ukraine and all the sanctions that have been thrust upon Russia. However, they can possibly do it. What do you guys think about this particular move? Um, it's not surprising. Uh, you know, that's just kind of the way things are going right now is they're being banned, obviously, from all international tournaments. So the CHL decided to ban them from their leagues. And, and you know, it's, it's what's what's really it's I don't know what the word is to describe this, but the CHL about four or five years ago decided to ban Russian goalies from the import draft because they were tired of Russian. They, they thought Russian goalies were developing over the Canadian players. So it was a weird thing and then they gave that up but this is more political that wasn't so much political but you know there are players from both those countries that play in like the western hockey league and the ontario hockey league and the q um so it's good it's interesting that that they're not going to be there anymore from from what i understand there is some concern that they won't even they might not be able to get work visas next year yeah Um, and so it would be a severe disadvantage if a team drafted a Mm -hmm. uh, you know a russian player and they uh, couldn't get a work visa or uh, a visa to enter Canada, uh, but somebody who was drafted, you know, out of you know uh, Czechia or you know somewhere else, um, could come here, and so it created an imbalance too. So, uh, I mean, it's another crappy, crappy yep. thing, right? And it's unfortunately not the players' faults, but there has to be consequence, and there is consequence. So. Um, what do you think is going to happen with the upcoming NHL draft? Because there are some highly rated Russian players coming up. I think the they'll. Drafts. I think they'll drop. I think they'll drop. They'll get drafted. Yeah. Like that Mitchkov kid next year is like right up there with Connor Bedard. Yeah, I, I hope, so I hope things really resolve curious. themselves by then. But yeah, um, I'm kidding. That's Jeez. maybe me being optimistic. optimistic. Yeah, yeah. I do too because I want to see that kid in the NHL selfishly. But man, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I care more about other things resolving. Of course, themselves. yeah. But yeah, this is a hockey so, podcast, know, so know, we can talk know, about I hockey. I just, I just, I'm capable of two different thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my take on it is that, as you mentioned, John, it's not their it's not their fault. I I get the idea of trying to put sanctions on Russia, whatever we can possibly do, without escalating it into more than it already is, but. Also, I am kind of in the boat of like these players have nothing to do with it, right? Like they're well that we know of, but it's just like it's not, you know, it's one thing to ban all of Russia from like having a team participate in the IHF. Like that mm-hmm. seems that seems legit to me. But saying like you young 17 year old kid yeah Yeah. you cannot fulfill right you can't fulfill your dream of playing in the chl if that is what you're you know so it's a weird it's a weird thing but um, i think that's the real like moral conundrum here about these kind of things i mean um and again obviously the like the the uh refugees and all that stuff is the more serious issue but um like what do you do like you are punishing the kid but you also 
It's like you have to do something for the. I don't know. It's like <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but sanctions are hurting young kids too. They're just not hockey players, right? So right, right. I, I guess you kind of put it under that umbrella. Maybe it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Our final weekly one timer. Uh, I'm not even really sure how to <laughs> how to explain this one, but. A certain set play got played out in the Anaheim Ducks game this week, and Ricard Raquel scored a goal off of it. Uh, I know this play personally as the Hocus Pocus, which is where you send a player into the door of your box, your your player's bench, and uh, the replacing player jumps out the other door so that he's about 10 feet ahead. Very easy for the defender to lose that player as they're switching, right, and coming off a different place, uh, mm-hmm. and it did actually lead to the goal. So I thought that was pretty incredible to see. Yep. This one wasn't as well executed, though. I mean, I think there was some question about whether or not there were too many men. Yes. Well, yeah. They did score a goal on it, though. Yeah, that's Yeah, true. Raquel so is, like, in the middle of the ice, <laughs> and the other guy's still on the – still, like, at the door of the other uh, – at the bench. And you're like, he's literally – I mean – Oh man. And it it was three on three. It was three on three too. Yeah. Overtime. Great play, but like a little sketchy. It seemed like, uh, they took, they took some liberties in this play. It should have been been too many men, but, um, we had been talking about this hocus pocus play as Mm. Darren talked about it before. And, uh, it was cool to see actually. Uh, why did one of you write banana in the tailpipe? (laughs) That's what, that's what they called it. Okay. <laughs> so I have to tell you guys, uh, last year for my wife's birthday, uh, we, because it was COVID, there wasn't like much that we could do, but you could rent out a movie theater for like a hundred bucks and just watch like mm-hmm. an old movie. And I had never seen Beverly Hills cop. So I picked out Beverly Hills cop <laughs> and, wow. and so in romantic. that, in that movie, well, we had like a bunch of friends. It was a, it was okay, incredible. Okay. Right, it was an right. incredible outing. We had so much yeah. fun. And I think it was so much fun because we had the theater to ourselves. We were just like cracking, awesome. cracking jokes, like saying whatever we wanted to say during the movie, yeah. you know, and it's an old movie. So like nobody cares that much. And, but there's a part in that movie where uh, the, the like old crusty, whatever commissioner Cops, or whatever he's yeah. called. Yeah. He's like, are you the one who uh, disabled our squad car with a banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> and we, and we all started laughing so hard at that, at that little bit, uh, <laughs> like brought us to tears. It was a great moment. So um, that's really funny that they call it. And that's where that comes from is I would assume is from uh, yeah. Hills cop. So yeah, Good stuff there. Uh, All right. That wraps up our weekly one-timers. We now move on to our Tweets of the Week. Andy, your Tweet of the Week. My Tweet of the Week comes from Hockey Stat Miner. Mm -hmm. Like not a miner as as an under 18, like a miner, like I'm mining information. Okay. Got it. Okay. And he's talking about the New York Hockey Rangers. And this isn't a funny tweet. It's just one that I find kind of interesting. So they, with Igor Shosturkin, their goalie, who's having a great year, when they play teams that are currently in a playoff position – their record is 12-6-1. Without Shesterkin, they're 0-8-1. That's pretty good. He's having mm. a pretty good year, and he's – I know people are talking about him for the Hart Trophy, uh, which is like the MVP. You don't rarely see goalies in that conversation, but he's starting to make a case for himself with numbers like that. He is indeed. I wonder who your three stars is going to be. John. There may be more There may be more Shesterkin <laughs> talk coming up. Yes. John, your Tweet of the Week. <laughs> My Tweet of the Week uh, is a two-parter. Um, the first tweet comes from Moose A Million. And it says, 
My daughter lost her front tooth today and was freaking out because she has autism and can't handle change. So to calm her down, I showed her a picture of Ian Cole and it worked out. It worked. Now loves showing off her missing tooth. She thanks Cole for helping my daughter. That's what it says. That's awesome. And then uh, Ian Cole, player on the Carolina Hurricanes, says, I love the look. Obviously, all the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> she looks tough as nails. Why don't I take care of a jersey and we'll get her all hooked up? Thanks so much for reaching out and sharing her story. So love that's that. awesome. cute, very cute picture of uh, her daughter, Annie and Cole, smiling with a, a little tooth out of the, out of the middle of their their teeth. Yeah. Uh, yes. The tooth out of the middle of their teeth. Well said. Uh, yeah, I, awesome. there is, there's kind of one of those with Hayden Flurry this week. So he got scratched in Carolina and apparently a lot of the fans there really do like him, which mm-hmm. you see why he's a, he's a wonderful dude off the ice yeah. and, um, definitely awesome a, a fan favorite. Um, but so he, he got scratched in their return to Carolina. And so he had one of those little kids where like Hayden Flurry used to be my favorite player. Uh, and so he was all sad and devastated and Hayden Flurry went and found him <laughs> and gave him a stick and took pictures with them and that's all awesome. that stuff. So, um, good stuff there. Uh, my tweet of the week comes from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they <laughs> just tweeted out the scene from Castaway where, uh, Wilson, the volleyball is floating away and Tom Hanks's character is trying to find him and he's yelling, Wilson, Wilson, <laughs> where are you? And this tweet went extremely viral. Uh, uh, it was awesome. My mind was blown that they tweeted that because it really felt like they were t- they were trolling their own fan base. But uh, <laughs> and then they eventually deleted it because maybe they were trolling their own fan oh, base. Oh, they, they deleted it. I, I believe so. Yeah, that was oh, the twist. Yeah. Um, Chickens. <laughs> Chickens. But it made me laugh very, very hard. Uh, and I was really shocked that they did that. So those are our tweets of the week. We now close the show with... Sound of Hockey's Three Stars. Andy, I can't wait to find out who your star is. My three star is, third star, whatever number of star I get, is Igor <laughs> Shesterkin. Uh-huh. He's a goalie. He plays for the New York Rangers. Who Never heard of him. Season. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he set a team record here. I think it's a team record. Um, in his career... Now, when you give up 40 goals or 40 shots on a team, chances are you're going to lose some of those games, right? When you give up 40, not, not all, but, you know, that's a lot of shots to give up. Mm-hmm. When he makes 40-plus saves, so that means there's even more shots. When he makes 40 saves, he is 10-0-0. Wow. Which blows my mind. <laughs> he just had a 44-save shutout. Uh, he, he's he's the he's the second goaltender since 1955 to do that, to reach that. Ten, first 10 games of his career, 40 sub saves. You know who the second guy was, or the first guy was? Henrik Lundqvist. Close, not not for the Rangers. Mike Richel, Martin Brodeur. Nope, nope, nope. A re- more recent. Uh, Jean Sebastian Giguere. Good, good guess, but no. <laughs> I don't know, Andy. <laughs> Tuka Rask, oh. eleven and zero. Ah, his never, first, 11 games, first eleven games where he gave up forty plus shots. Never would have landed <laughs> yeah. on that. Gotta say, uh, but you know that sounds like a That's lot. Amazing to me. What was it? 10, 10 and zero. What was your? He's ten and zero. He's ten and zero when he's made forty or more saves so he's, in a game. But like, how often are the Rangers like? That sounds like a lot of games of giving up forty plus shots. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, he's well, he's been what in the league for two years now. Okay. Oh, it's it's, it's his first of his career. His first ten to games of his career where he's given where he's taken made, okay. made forty saves. Okay. Yeah. So I thought it was just so, this season that they. No, no, no. Okay. So Tuka, he just had a forty four game, I think shutout. So or forty four goal. Uh huh. Forty four shot. Forty four yeah, shot. Whatever. We got it. And we'll get to, we'll get to it. Yep. John, um, go for it, Andy. John, who's going? <laughs> I'm confused. 
Andy, I'm do done. you have anything I'm else? Done. Okay, no, okay. I have nothing else. John, who's your star of the week? I'm completely tapped. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my my star of the week is Kale McCarr. Uh, oh. This guy is unfrickin' believable. Uh, he's got uh, points in 13 straight games. Decent. I happen to catch the Saturday night game against Calgary, and it is such a treat to watch him play. Next time Colorado's on and there's no cracking game, you got to watch him and just key in on him because he is just so amazing away from the puck, with the puck. He's just incredible. He made this outstanding play Saturday night where basically his D partner, Devin Tays, turned turned the puck over um, when they were in the offensive zone. Kale McCarr was flat-footed while the uh, Calgary Flame uh, had had momentum. Kale McCarr busts his butt to get back in the play and recover and disrupt the play, ends up completely laying down to disrupt a, pa- a cross-ice pass. He's he's kind of almost in the slides into the corner. The puck is kind of laying kind of in the slot. He pops up, sees like some some a window of opportunity, starts skating end-to-end, then McKinnon, Kadri, McKinnon, goal. Like it was like the sickest sequence I've seen in a long time. So Can't fast. wait to watch him in the playoffs. It's going to be amazing. I saw that play too, and those, those that when he went the other way, it was like a blink of an eye. It was like three passes, pucks in the net, and like yeah, he's like, oh, I guess I'll just. Skate I can't even fathom how fast yeah. that all happened. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, such incredible. I would enjoy watching him so much. Kale McCarr, good at hockey. Uh, my star of the week is Jason Robertson, who plays for the Dallas Stars. Uh, young player, 22 years old. He, I didn't, I was anti Jason Robertson last year because oh, you might recall anti. that I was rooting for <laughs> yeah. Kirill Kaprizov to win the uh, the Calder oh, Trophy, uh-huh. and uh, Jason Robertson was the only person kind of in the conversation for it. He was moving in on your on your dude. Yeah, in the end, he only got one vote, one total vote. Uh-huh. So didn't come close but uh, but anyway uh, this week he had two consecutive hat tricks uh, which is pretty cool he also had seven goals in three games so he scored a goal against the Los Angeles Kings then three goals against the Jets and the Wild Um, but then most recently he played against the Nashville Predators and didn't have a point in that one so I guess he's fallen off a little bit but uh, those seven goals in three games was pretty impressive er earlier this week when Jason Robertson had his first hat trick I had him listed as my three star, but when he had his second hat trick, I'm like, okay, he's a bigger deal. And I, I swear I've had him as my three star before. Yeah. 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 Cause he's uh, California born by the way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, all That's right. Incredible in the NHL that somebody, I mean, in the N, it's just, it's like the highest league. Yes, it like, is. I've seen that stuff. I've seen that stuff in junior and you kind of like say, okay, well, this guy is way too good for junior, but it's the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's what blows my mind about it. And he's 22. They're, they're, the record is four hat tricks in four games, and it happened Man, in like 1918 that? or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's, not, it's not like Gretzky or somebody. Actually, no, uh, John not. Forsland had a really funny line about that the other night because it came up and he was like, "Oh yeah, in my rookie year as a doing 1917." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, I remember saying that. All right, hey, Forsland's a funny guy. Thank you to Hockey in Seattle, GGGG five nine six, and A Sutliff for your great five star reviews. Thank you uh, for listening. Uh, please do leave your five star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't before. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe on Spotify. Uh, Leave your five... I already said that, but leave your five-star review. And we'll talk to you all next week or very soon sometime for episode 179. Cheers. This beat is... Automatic Super
Sonic hip, naughty, funky, fresh With my body so melodic This beat rolls right through my chest Everybody, Martin, Poppy Came to party, grab some